0: Hello everybody. Hello everybody and welcome to the show, the big show, the most important and critically acclaimed podcast that is recorded in our living room. Hey, we got another living room episode today, so welcome to the welcome to our living room. We're sitting here all comfortable and everything as the freezing rain goes pitter-pat outside our house. And uh, we're going to do something today. This is a mystery episode spice although she's starting to suspect She's trying to suspect what the episode's about. A mystery episode, we call it that because my co-host, Spice, does not know the subject of the podcast. But not knowing the subject of a podcast has never once stopped her from spouting off about the subject.
1: I can just make stuff up all day long. So, off we go. Um,
0: This one, I gotta admit... She's going to know something about. What are we going to talk about today? Well, this is North Missouri. This is Missouri. It's rural Missouri. What is the number one subject of discussion all the time here in rural Missouri? Weather. The, see, she knew the weather. Yeah, that's right. Especially <laughs> it's not the,
1: only Northern Missouri, it's farm country.
0: Farm country. That's right. The weather. Because the weather is everything out here. Weather may not be that much of a big deal to, to y'all who don't live here in the country. Or it may be a huge deal when it's like snowy type weather and you live in places that don't normally get snow. So, I know like D.C. shuts down if they get an inch of snow. So does Atlanta. They just shut down. So, yeah, and if you're in in the northern part of the country, you know, like Hibbing or, or Duluth, you know, six inches of snow. <laughs> what's,
1: what's the odd foot here? You there? know what
0: they call six inches of snow in, in Duluth? Tuesday, (laughs) you know, or Buffalo with the lake effect
1: snows. Oh, Oh, my gosh. So
0: what's the point? What's the prepping point of weather? Well, I have several points I'd like to make about weather. Um, And some of this is based off of a really bad book that I do not recommend (laughs) that I read. It was a free giveaway for Audible. They have several free books they give away a month. Well, this was a book about the weather and the National Weather Service and the government. And it was a totally political book. I mean, it was all about the politics. I mean, this guy had an axe to grind. I'm not going to mention the – I don't want people buying this book. I'm not going to mention the author. Um, Excuse me, sorry. But he did have some, you know, like everything, even though I I personally don't like political discussions and I don't, uh, I don't agree with a lot of this guy's point of view anyway. I believe that if I'm going to read something, I got to set my own biases aside and just listen to what he has to say. And, you know, several of the things he had to say made a lot of sense. And they make a lot of sense to preppers who need to pay attention to the weather. Because while I'm not a big, huge fan about paying attention to news, because I think mostly it's a waste of time, weather is kind of a different story. And this book outlined the National Weather Service, what it is, what it does. And it did a compared contrast to, uh, like, a commercial weather service. Uh, In the book, they used AccuWeather. I believe if I recall correctly which is a commercial service. <clears throat> I'm sorry. So it's actually a competitor in, in a sense of the National Weather Service, they sell their forecasts to subscribers and they make money off of this. And the political point of the book I'll go ahead and say what the political point of the book but the political point of the book was they're using our resources to make money and okay that's fine whatever. That was his political point being, but in actuality, the real point of the book is: no matter where you get your weather, whether it's from AccuWeather, the Weather.com, Weather.gov, the Weather Channel, Weather Underground, you name it—all these places—they're all—all of this is based upon the weather satellite system that the United States government put up in orbit. All comes from the same data source. The differences between all these other services and the National Weather Service, which is the main service for whom the NOAA, the main service for whom the, the satellites were put up there is, you know is, they're all using the same sources and then taking their own experience and going from there. My point being that Spice and I learned a long time ago that everybody has an opinion, and everybody's opinion seems to uh, affect their biases. But the least biased when it comes to actual format or forecast are, the statistics and the maps that come from the National Weather Service. So we basically, at least I do, and she says to an extent, basically think that what a prepper really needs to do is not to figure out which company has the best thing, but learn how to read the maps for yourself. Learn how to read the data yourself. Because the data is available and free to all. It's out there. You know, and you got all these different people doing all these yes, they're experts, yes, they're they see things that we don't. But the process of learning how to read this stuff makes us much more educated about the weather that's going on around us.
1: You start to see the patterns yourself. You do. I actually took a free online course. Oh, uh, It was run out of Britain, so it was mostly focusing on British weather. But it was all about how to read the weather maps. And I took it just because I was curious, frankly. That's what I do sometimes in the evening instead of watching TV. Is I take free online courses on random things. But I recommend that sort of thing. Because you could really see now I can look at one of these radar images and have a sense for what it's going to do and why it's going to do that thing. And I don't I know there are built-in biases to these commercial systems because they are – There's some things that make people madder than others when they're wrong and you're never going to be right 100 percent of the time when you're predicting. So they shade their predictions toward things where if they're wrong, people aren't going to be mad at them.
0: For example, if you say, um, if you say um, there's a 30 percent chance of rain and it rains. Well, there was a thirty percent chance. You know, it's you know, thirty percent is not insignificant, right? But if you say there, there's you know, a five percent chance of rain, and it rains, people get mad. So they always error high on the percentages of chance of rain. They always error high. Not the National Weather Service now. These the commercial services do. They always. They, always go high, on. The bad stuff. So there's a bias to, you know, how many times have you gone, well, they're saying it'll be six to eight inches of snow and we only got three. That's far more common than if you were to say, well, they said we're going to get two to three inches of snow and we got nine. You don't, you very, 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 very rarely see that second instance. It's almost, they almost always over predict. The commercial services, weather.com, AccuWeather, whatever. Because that way, if they miss a little, they can still say they're right. They can still say they're more accurate than, than the National Weather Service. Where, in fact, the National Weather Service gives their actual prediction because they have no skin in the game. They're getting paid by the government either way. Now, I am not talking about... Anything other than the day-to-day, what is it going to be doing the next eight hours, 16 hours, 32 hours, storm tracking part of the National Weather Service? I'm not talking about their Oceanic Service. I am not talking about their um, They're somewhat controversial to some people. Uh, climate Uh, forecasts and stuff like that, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the day-to-day, here are the weather maps, this is what we expect to happen sort of deals, okay? Even they will always err on the side of caution. They'll put out tornado watches when they're not really, you know, it's kind of maybe, sort of, you know, it's kind of iffy.
1: Well, they, they put them out about three times as often now as they did when I was a kid, and it's not because the weather patterns are three times more common. But
0: to be fair, now um, this brings up a, a, another point I wanted to make. This is something most people don't realize, and this is very, very, very true today, and I can explain it with an uh, with an iPhone. Okay, I was a kid in the 1960s. And the 1970s, I graduated from school, uh, from high school in 1980. So I was a kid in the 70s, and I was a kid in the 60s, okay? When I was a kid and I lived overseas, my dad was military in the 60s. NASA had the world's biggest computers, And those computers didn't have the capacity of
1: my iPhone right here. And nothing like the data set. And
0: nothing like the data set. Okay. In the 70s, my father worked for an aerospace. After he left the service, he went to work in the aerospace industry. And, in fact, I went to school in Ferguson, Missouri. As I've mentioned before, we lived in Ferguson. And he worked for McDonald Douglas. I'll go ahead and mention the company because it's a major company. It doesn't really. And (laughs) McDonald Douglas used to do the uh, computerized report cards for the Ferguson-Florison school system. They contracted it out because they had the big computer, okay? Again, that McDonald's, Douglas, big computer, my iPhone. The weather forecasts that we get today are based on modern satellites using modern electronics, sending modern imaging down to modern computers, which have 45, 50 more years worth of modeling to base it off of. It's not the same as it was 20 years ago. You know, go back and take a good look at the history of the warning systems even. We are able today to get warnings out. I say we, I mean the the weather service. I'm not part of the weather service. They are able to get the warnings out that are accurate, whereas 30 years ago, they weren't. They simply didn't have the modeling. They didn't have the computer power. They didn't have the processing power. They didn't have the satellites. They didn't have the information resources they do today. So, you know, people who say, well, you know, the never, weather never gets it right. That's changing a lot. And this is something that, that I think people need to, you know, as she was just mentioning, well, you know, as one of well, it doesn't really, this is like comparing the uh, phone you had when you were a kid to your iPhone. The phone you had your kid had a, when we had, when we were a kid had a rotary dial on it. It plugged into the wall with these four big silver pines or tines. It was owned by AT&T. And we had a party line. And yeah, well, I, there was times we had a party line, a party line. And for those of you who don't know what a party line is... They're not that much of a party. <laughs> Actually, here where we live, party lines have only been gone for about 12 years. The last of the party lines are gone. Party lines. And no, that doesn't mean y'all get together and have a big party. Yeah, That's the difference. So, modern weather service forecasts are much, much, much better. So another part of that is we have the internet now. People use the internet to go out and check the check the weather I mean it's, it's an app on your phone right you check the weather My contention is that preppers should do the following instead of just looking at the weather app which is fine I, I do that go out and get the information and learn how the forecasts are done. Study the charts. Then look out your window. Study how to predict storms and how to predict storm paths. Learn what high pressure is. Learn what low pressure is. Learn what barometric pressure is. Learn all these things and really understand them. And... All that information to teach you that stuff is right there in your in your internet, and I highly recommend it. We're big fans of a uh, of a novel series that uh, was based in the Napoleonic era, uh, Patrick O'Brien's uh, Matron, uh, Aubrey and Matron series of naval warfare books. We're huge fans because they're amazing books, and the characters in those books.
1: They're just fun we're sailors.
0: They're just everyday sailors. Yep. But they are reflective of, they're based off of real people and based off of real logs and real writings to show that the people who were sailors in the 1800s, they could take one glance at the sky and tell you what it was going to do. The thing is, just knew it. It was immersive.
1: If you only look at the apps, and you don't bother looking at the sky, then you don't have any ability to look at the sky and have any suggestion of what's kind of what's going on. But uh, just this morning, I was walking out to the gym, knowing it's going to get nasty later. So I'm walking up to the gym, and the wind's coming from a particular angle from the northeast. And I just saw in my mind the big rotating weather system it would take for us in our part of the country to get weather from that direction. And I'm like, "Yeah, no kidding, we're going to get slammed." Yeah, we because know that. that's the you leading edge. You feel that
0: northeastern wind? You're like, "Oh, we're in," especially in the winter. Yeah, we're <laughs> We're going to get it. We're going to get it's get warm it.
1: now, so we're going to get ice water and then we're going to get sleet and then we're going to get snow on top of that and then we're going to go into a hard cold for about 4 days.
0: Anytime we get northwest wind or northeast wind, I mean. In the winter. In the winter. We're in for it.
1: In the summer it's nice and cooling because it's bringing cool air down from Canada. It's still bringing cool air down from Canada, but it's not nearly as much fun when it's
0: but she's right. Well, I mean 15 degree.
1: Weather. We know we're
0: on the backside of that spin. Now, here's another Here's another thing that I recommend that you can do. Uh, if you live in an area of the country that offers storm spotting courses, take one. I, I've taken two of them. They're really good. They're really fun. They're interesting. They show you a person from the National Weather Service. They come in and they train you what the various different clouds are. What the various different um, uh, storm fronts, and it's just a really uh, it's a very entertaining couple of a couple of evenings worth of study. So I highly recommend them. They're almost always free because they want storm watchers in the in the various different areas. Yeah, and, then and they, they train they'll... you exactly what to look for so that you can. This is where they know. They could tell by the radar where tornadoes may be forming, but they need to know if that tornado is on the ground. And storm watchers are the people who tell them, hey, that tornado is on the ground uh, six miles west of Centerville. You know? That's how they thats how they know this stuff. So I highly recommend taking one of those classes, too. So, anyway, personally, Spice and I, when we want... To know the information, we just want a quick look. We go to weather.gov. We skip the commercial services, and we look at the maps, and we see what it looks like. That's what's we drawn up on my radar. other
1: window right here, so I can see what's coming.
0: Yeah, she—that's why I, I, this is what prompted me. Was I, She was looking at that, and, and you could just see that's where she was going. Was the uh, look at the radar? The radar says every—it says it all. So, the radars today are immensely better than they were 20 years ago. And, you know, I don't know. TV weather drives me nuts. Drives me up a wall. I cannot stand that I have a couple good friends who are actually TV weathermen. And I tell them, you know, you drive me nuts. Because it's so formulaic. Exactly what, you know. No, just stop. I don't care that there's a low-pressure weather or low pressure system in South Carolina. I don't care. I'm not in South Carolina. And not only am I not in South Carolina, that low-pressure system isn't coming my way. Okay, low-pressure system over the Rockies, that matters. South Carolina does not matter to me.
1: And if I went the rest of my life without somebody telling me to wear a coat when I know <sighs> it's two degrees out there... That would be okay. Okay.
0: Now now we're going to get into this side. Can you tell me anything that is more annoying to me? Can you tell me anything that I get, just roll my eyes about worse than wind chill Factor? Oh, Windchill Factor. Oh, boy. You heat talk,
1: index. Hmm? Heat index is worse. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's right there. Yeah, the heat index. Okay. Here's my beef with Windchill Factor. Okay, wind chill factor is just because is for one purpose only
1: to make it sound worse.
0: To make it sound worse than it they is. They never
1: mention it in the summer. Although Ever. as a cyclist, I love wind chill in the summer.
0: Absolutely, yeah. That's one of the things you get. You get a good sweat on. You know, oh, it's ninety-two degrees. How are you doing? Yeah, well, I got a fifteen-mile-an-hour breeze, and it's already a five-mile-an-hour breeze. So I got a twenty-five-mile-an-hour breeze cooling me. Now, that works up to about 92. After that, it's just too big. <laughs> but, you know. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's a wind chill factor. But you never hear about that. So you hear heat index. When it feels like it's unprotected skin. feels like it's, you know, zero degrees, but the wind's blowing 15 miles an hour. So the unprotected skin is like, what are you doing out in the, in the winter at zero degrees and have unprotected skin? What? Wind chill factor is a fabrication. It's only good to make people feel like the weather's worse than it actually is. If it's zero degrees, it doesn't matter what the wind chill factor is. It's bloody cold.
1: I'm surprised you can stand on that soapbox on one foot.
0: <sighs> I just—it drives <laughs> me nuts. And, and how many times have you heard? Well, I couldn't get my car to start because wind chill factor. Your car has nothing to do with the wind chill factor. Wind chill factor only affects. Animate objects.
1: Well, I have more trouble starting my car when the wind chill's really low, because, you know, my fingers get numb faster. And...
0: Because your car window's rolled down.
1: <laughs> well, if my car started the first time, I wouldn't be out there with the hood up, <laughs> wiggling on the battery and putting my jump pack on there.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's sound we know too well. Yeah.
1: But anyway. So
0: anyway, yeah, that was a side. I just yeah, and I know somebody's gonna bark me in the comments about this if if you listen to it. But you know, I just hate windchill factor. I just despise that. You know, give me give me a real. You know, if the wind's blowing twenty five miles an hour and it's twenty degrees, I know it's cold. Come on, seriously, it's cold. It, it, you, it's just like, okay, there's, there's degrees of cold. Okay, it's cold. It's dang cold. It's really dang cold. It's very dang cold. I mean, you know.
1: It spit cracks when it hits cold.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we were watching um, the coldest town in the world. There, there's a YouTube video, which is really fun. There's the coldest town in the world, someplace in Siberia. I've read about it before. It's out in the middle of nowhere. It's in this, like, valley. And one of the guys was, did, the, did the test. He took a pot of boiling water outside. Threw it up in the air when it was like forty degrees below zero and, it and turned to snow. The boiling water turned instantly to snow, which that's cold. That's really cold. Mm-hmm. And then they have to use outhouses there. Oh uh, Anywho, not moving there. <laughs> so yeah, that's our that's our take on the weather. Do you have anything else you want to add?
1: It's good to know about what's coming, even when there's not any service about there to tell you. And the only way to really do that is to pay attention to the correlation between the forecasts and the weather you see and the conditions you've got in the area where you live. Your mind makes the connections if you pay attention to both things.
0: That's one very good point. I have one other point. When somebody declares it's not a fit day or fit night out for men or beasts to stay in where it's warm.
1: Tuck your heads.
0: Tuck your heads underneath the covers. and You know, if you have to, break out the, bring out the uh, Monopoly game, the Battleship game, whatever you
1: got. I've got tons of respect for those guys who are out there trying to fix our power lines and stuff in this weather. I don't have tons of respect for people who are out there wandering around to see how bad the roads are. Oh bad, guys.
0: Well, that just drives me nuts. (laughs) I'm watching. And it's always, almost always, not always, but almost always people who have no business being out in dry weather. The little old ladies are driving around in their their 77 Buick or Chrysler Newports, you know. Snow's flying all the way back off those rear-wheel drive cars, man. They're just... Fish tailing all through town. I got to see how to, what the weather's like. Got to see what the weather's like. Not that I'm talking about any woman in particular, Lucia. <laughs> <laughs> well, alrighty. righty. Anyway.
1: That's a wrap. That's a
0: wrap.